0: Welcome to the culture of safety.
1: That's probably the quietest that I've ever been in my entire life. It's
0: going to get deleted when I go through and
1: remove background noise. think you're just, <laughs> the air just conditioner. Like, like, was he talking or was that just him whispering into the, into the mic? How's it going, everybody? How you doing, Matt? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. It's a little, again, a little hot. We have all this fires going on in, in, in Bakersfield, California and up and down the coast. So all this delicious air quality and. That's something that I know as managers we have to we have to do work with now is if the AQI air quality index is over one fifty one fifty one
0: is that what it is Yeah, it technically starts at one fifty one. Yeah,
1: one fifty one. Um, that's when we have to have like masks and stuff to protect our guys from all the, the really. I was gonna ask you if you've
0: been dealing with that the last week, the because the Cal OSHA, I think it was eighteen or nineteen. They put in the oh. emergency uh, wildfire 18. smoke. I, I think believe it was eighteen.
1: 18. God, it's crazy how how much how much things they've passed in the past like five six years. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay on the side anyway so one of the things that um, we're trying to do again we're talking more towards the entry level individuals and I think again as manager this is a good tool to you know help your help, help your newbies get more um, get better at their at their positions is we're going try to focus on these entry level guys and give them the skills and the abilities and you know especially if you're coming in either outside of the field and you're trying to become a safety individual or you just got your your feet in. You know, these are really good tools and helpful hints on, you know, how to be better at your job and how to obviously build a foundation for a lifelong career. So one thing that I think that you and I both agree that we need to talk about for sure within the first couple of episodes is metrics, right? And being able to measure what we're doing out there. And I mean, we've talked about this on a bunch of different episodes like KPIs and XMods and I mean, you know, audit findings, all these different kinds of metrics that we can use. But how does that translate out to, you know, the entry level? What what should I be focused on? You know, I would say, you know, the first one is, you know, what what are metrics? Like, what do you, Matt, what do you use as your metrics when you're, I mean, obviously every business is different. How do you use metrics within your field? Do you have just a general over overview of metrics or do you have separate metrics for everything? So you have, you know. All the business units that you oversee, they have their own business. Uh, they all have their own metrics. And then you have obviously a global metric, metric, matrix, 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 metrics that you have. Or do you also even go down even to the, you know, the individual? I know a lot of places, you know, care about, you know, how many times you guys do a JSA or how many times you guys do field audits or how many times. You know, you get BBSMs or, you know, even, you know, stop work authority. So just kind of break down how you guys use your metrics within your within your company.
0: So it's kind of all of the above, which is why I think this for me, which is and I think you kind of have to have a little bit of all of the above. But which is why I think this episode is so important, because there, you're going to have metrics that show you the overall health of your entire business right. when it comes to safety. And when it comes to your business, but we're not usually doing those ones. Right. But you're also going to have, I have metrics for my team specifically, my safety team. How are we performing as a team? And then I have metrics for my business units, like you said. Right. How is this business unit doing compared to that one? And then I have some, like you said, that are focused more on the leading stuff, like how engaged are my guys in the field? Not not safety guys specifically, but more the actual employees. Yeah, the actual workers. Are they participating in behavior-based observations, which... It's a one whole other thing. Yeah, it's a whole another episode. <laughs> are they, are they uh, submitting stop works and actively using stop work authority? Are they reporting their misses? Are they reporting incidents? Like We like to focus a lot on leading, uh, indicators. On leading indicators instead of lagging. Uh, lagging, to me, is normally more of like the, the initial one I said, like the overall health of your business. You can see that kind of a lot more from your lagging indicators. Um, but down at the field level, I like to focus on leading because that's what's going to ultimately affect, yeah, your, lagging affect your lagging
1: indicators. Um, I don't know. And I, I want to get your opinion on this is I've, in my experience, I've seen that as a manager, most of the other management, they care mostly about the lagging indicators. I think just because the landing, lagging indicators are easier to, to put a dollar amount yeah. on. Right. X mod. you know, what were costs are out the door with our with the occupational doctors and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm working on learning how to change their perceptions mm-hmm. like, well, yes, that's important. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, what we want to focus on is the leading indicators. We want to make those the more important, because, again, like you said, those are the ones that are going to translate to, you know, higher savings down the road. It's tough because like you said, lagging indicators directly
0: relate to cost. If we have bad lagging indicators, our insurance costs go up. Yep. We're paying for injuries. There's probably gonna be some legal fees associated with those legal fees of and lawsuits and stuff and like that. Lost times and paying people exactly. to stay home and do nothing all day. It hits the bottom dollar a lot harder. Yeah. And that's why upper management has always focused even even safety in general. I think safety professionals forever have focused a lot on lagging indicators. That was kind of the thing that everybody Used forever, yeah. Until probably recently, like over the, I don't know how long, 10, last five, six, five, five 10 to, years, to ten whatever. years. Yeah, we've they've started making that transition to leading, and I think the only way that you can really show management that that they need to focus on leading is you have to be able to prove that your leading indicators are directly correlated to, to your, your lagging, lagging indicators. indicators. Yeah, that's, and if you that's, can show
1: that, you win. That's what I did with my last job was showing that the amount of JSAs, amount of field audits, and obviously BBSMs and all that other stuff. Um, did cor- uh, correlate with the more that we had the less injuries that we did as well and of course you know if you can sit there and paint that hey you're the one who's leading leading this change then you obviously can make more money in your in your pocketbook which is mm-hmm. which is obviously something we all like but i think it's really important that we we discuss metrics especially at the entry level because i know um when we when we get our foot in the door it can be overwhelming like you said x mod and insurance costs and this and this and that and a lot of it can make too much for an individual to take on at once and so what i want to do is i want to kind of give them you know just what they typically when you get into your entry level position what kind of metrics are most important to them right don't worry unless unless you're by yourself and technically Mm -hmm. your entry position is as a manager working for some for some you know multi-million dollar company right construction <laughs> but you're like the only safety guy over like maybe 80 people i mean that'd be definitely very difficult but i mean we're obviously talking about you know there's a a, a clear chain of command right you have your entry level your mid-level then your management and maybe there might be a senior or a suite executive depending on on the size of your company but for the entry level guy who's just coming in i don't think they need to worry like you said i don't think they need to worry about x mod or or some of these other more lagging indicators they should be more focused on the leading indicators because that's what's going to show and reflect their direct ability to to manage within their business unit or whatever small scope of of scale that they have.
0: So do you have a good way before we go on to define the difference between a lagging and a leading indicator?
1: Um I do, but um I'll be honest with you, I don't have the textbook definition.
0: No, no, not textbook, just like in simple terms. That's not what I'm
1: saying. <sighs> a good way to define it the the best way to define a lagging indicator is i mean i always tell people it's after an accident right when we have an accident that means we're we're seeing all the 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 costs behind it i mean it's obviously the change in morale the the loss of production we're talking about direct costs and indirect costs so we're talking about you know paying paying the doctor's office whatever the doctor's office was mm-hmm. if they did any procedures any type of you know medications that they have anything like that then obviously paying the employee the hours that they they're owed for them not working all that kind of stuff those are typically lagging indicators like post event post event and then your 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 leading indicators are things that you're trying to do before right this is things like field audits or jsa's or you know how many times do we are we having engagements with employees and as i said we talked about this before not not everything is an audit. Yeah, sometimes you can go out in the field and have engagements, and it's just you chatting with them, right? You know, you're building your rapport, you're building up your your leadership ability with them. Finding those metrics, right, is very important. And I actually, had a a really really interesting quote. I was uh, talking with a new customer the other day, and he gave me you know um, a really good quote, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for down the road when we get to that specific <laughs> specific point. And like I said, stay tuned. We're it's right. It'll probably be near the mid, or, middle, or the end where I bring up this this really uh, interesting quote that he had told me, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. So, um, but yeah, that's that's where I put my lagging and leading. Leading is before, obviously, an event, and lagging is afterwards. So it's just making sure that we're trying to prevent the accidents versus, okay, well, how are we, I mean, it's both. You have to have, be, be yeah. able to do both because we talked about this before. If you mismanage a, an incident, it can turn into a recordable. It can turn into a huge bowl. It can snowball and turn into this huge avalanche down the road, costing tens of $20,000, if not more, if it goes into litigation, millions of dollars versus, okay, well, we, we had handled it the right way the first time, you know, we would have absolved ourselves of any additional costs. So I think managing both is very important. Yeah,
0: you got to have both. You got to you have to always be looking at both
1: as a business. Mm -hmm. But again, I think for for most entry level guys, they should be more focused on the the leading indicators because that's going to be, like I said, more reflective of how good you are and where your areas of improvement are going to be at. So, again, most most if you're entry level I mean, we'll talk about this later is learning how to manage incidents and stuff like that. That's late again, late uh, lagging indicators. We'll talk about that at another time. So one of the things that I've, I've always had issues with is there's always a, a different conversation on which metrics you should learn first. Right. And we talk about, there's so many, especially now, depending on which which field or, or industry you're in, I mean we could talk about uh miles driven we can talk about first aid first aid by professionals lost days lost time lost days um obviously we talk about recordables recordables are uh, recordables are a huge one, but as far as like leading indicators, one of the things that I like to impress upon my employees is that your initial your initial first six months should be basically you're just out in the field and you're just learning. Learning how to manage your your leading indicators, how do we get improvement in your your b b s m pro program? How do we get more stop works or you know near misses all these things? How do we get them turned in you know I think that's something that I try to impress upon my newer guys hey just learn learn how to get this why because you your ability to do this now translate into success higher uh further down the road for sure as an advisor and a manager that's that's gonna be a huge issue hey i need to make sure these guys are participating so so one thing
0: i actually asked my team this a few weeks ago when we were talking about metrics together mm-hmm. and i want to get your take on it so i i mean it's, it's probably not even really an answerable question but if you had to focus on one of those leading metrics so let's say you either had to focus on your bbs program Or an auditing program, like a safety uh, professional auditing program, or like a a stop work near miss program, which one do you think would have the biggest effect on uh, affecting your lagging stuff later, like preventing incidents?
1: Well, for me, honestly, the reason why I chose this is that it has directly response with when you're working with employees. So audits, right? So so the auditing. Yeah. Auditing, just because typically if you're doing your audits correctly, maybe mean, this is all general theory, but if you're doing your audits correctly, where you're engaging with your employees, you guys are doing, you know, uh, it's a a symbiotic relationship where you guys are helping them out and you're not hindering them. You know, you're building that relationship. You're building a lot more than you can with BBSM. BBSM is good, don't get me wrong. And so with Stopworks and all these other things, but it's just when you get out in the field, it's a lot more, you know, it's a lot more uh, connecting, right? You're connecting with them and you're trying to lead them to be safer in the work field. And by you showing them that you care and be, you have their back, a lot of this stuff will end up, you know, paying dividends down the road where oftentimes they may not may not have that stop work or they may not have that BBSM. BBS, BBSM is okay, but I, I always think BBSM is like a tool that's, it's interestingly, it's incorrectly used, right? You and I are neither electricians, but if I gave you, you know, a split core ammeter could I figure out how to use it? Yeah, but I wouldn't use it as well as somebody who's an electrician who's been trained how to how to do it, right? As a safety professional, it's kind of hard for me to go and just hand over a bunch of safety stuff to somebody else and be like, okay, we'll do this for me now, you know? kind I mean, I want them to have their own safety. I want them to take, you know, the reins, but at the same time, if they have the least amount of safety knowledge, why are they the most, why are they the best person to make those decisions? that makes sense? No,
0: I completely agree with you, and it was a little bit tough because when I asked that question, my BBS guy who was in the on the call, first thing, he was the first one to chime in. I think we should really focus on BBS as, <laughs> of like, course you as would our main that. focus. And I, like, I like, think the
1: BBSI guy should get like 12 Well, I mean, you know what? I like, like? He
0: believes in his program. That's good. He redid the entire program. He worked with like actual BBSM, like, you know, the, the company that like is pretty famous for doing it and yeah. stuff. So, uh, I mean, he was really, he's really bought in. Um, but... I think I used to, I would agree with you in the past with auditing is probably like one of the major first leading indicators you need to make sure you're developing and and have there. But recently over the last year and a half or so, I've noticed that there's a lot stronger correlation with employees actively using stop work and it reducing incidents because we've, I've seen it where we've had high compliance audit numbers and we're still having incidents and i've but i've and i've also seen it where we've had stop work skyrocket because of multiple other things happening in the business right. at the same time especially because there was a really strong push from supervision to literally say every single thing that you think is wrong you stop and call us like and it oh, took, yeah, I it took weeks i did i it did took remember that for, for this process to happen but we we went from like i think i just did my metrics for q2 and i think we had like uh, 600 and something stop works in Q2 from one site and it's a lot but our incident rate which was really high on that site before uh, I don't have any wood to knock on but <laughs> it has been zero since since we started doing this and so I mean we had like one more incident right after like while we were going through this process but uh in the very beginning but since then I I don't know if it's directly because of stop work or if it's just because they're having to call their supervisor and safety guys so much well, no, is building think, that relationship. I think what
1: it is is just that you guys have built the culture to where you've made your field audits ineffective, right? You've got to the point where now everybody has the buy-in and they feel safe. Mm-hmm. And they feel that, you know, if they do do stop works, and we've talked about how stop works don't work all the time. You've built that culture, which is, I would say, is probably more important rather than your guys being. I only which, have a few guys and a few hundred employees. Right. And and I think that's the that's the right way to look at it is if you're building the right culture, your safety professionals aren't the ones doing the safety work. It's your employees, mm-hmm. right? Because like you said, there's a couple hundred employees and only maybe like a handful of safety professionals. So it's more important to have those people do those things. But what I would say is most of the time I bet you how did the how did that come about? What? How did how did that transition come about? for everybody changing from not doing stop works to doing stop works. I, there's, I, there's probably a lot of field coaching. And that's, and that's like I said, that's kind of what I wanted to push was that if you're out there pushing these things, yeah, that's what, that's not safety though. In. I think really? it, the change happened that's because
0: awesome. management for supervision, they said, you are going to buy into this or, or you're else. not, or you're not going to be here. <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Didn't we talk about that and, kind of leadership? And in the
0: beginning, honestly, it felt like, you could tell they were forced to buy into it, but after like a after a little bit of time went by, now these guys are. Some of these supervisors are talking like as if they were safety guys sometimes, and it's that's, pretty cool. That's but, awesome. Uh, if if they didn't force it, if it was just safety guys going out there trying right. to, we would be right here in the same. In the, we'd be in the exact same spot that we were at two years ago. But because it was management came in and said you are going to do this.
1: See, I told you. I told you, management drives culture. No, it does for sure. Completely, one hundred percent, all day. That's good. No, I think that's, I think that's a a perfect example of what a a culture should be and how maybe a lot of us that are listening, we can really relate to that. like, oh man, you know, if he can do it, then I can do it. Making sure that you, you get management. Right. And I think that's the, again, I mean, obviously we're talking about the entry level and that's kind of out of our scope, but we need to make sure that we're driving those, those changes and being a part of it. Right. Always adopting, hey, yeah, it's, it's really important. But yeah, I think, I think that's actually a really good, um, a really good example of why stopworks are important. Why stop works can be the most important leading indicator out there. So, One
0: of yeah. them, yeah. So, so right now for leading indicators, we have kind of like some kind of auditing program, right? Auditing stopworks. You know, work, some stopworks. maybe maybe a BBS program. We're not saying you have to have all these. These are no, examples I mean, that we've had. No, some places
1: can't afford it, and yeah. you know it could be a little excessive. But I mean, obviously, every every department, every company has to have a, some way of managing theirs, and these are just again tools that. You can learn how to use or not, you know. So what other leading indicators have you dealt with? Um, leading you indicators. You said like JSA
0: counts. I don't think I've ever really messed with a JSA well, count.
1: Well, my the JSA counts that we did were were slightly different. What we would do is we would do audits on the JSAs. So what we would do is oh, okay. because, you know, field guys, uh, the field people would go out and they would only sign. I don't know. I, I can only imagine maybe within a week I could only sign maybe 2030, depending on mm-hmm. on on the type of workload I had that week. But what we would do is we would take all the ones that didn't have a safety professional in them. And we would, we would actually audit them compared to the safety professional. So we go, okay, what did the safety professional find? And what did, what did they not, what did they have? Right. And we're trying to find consistency amongst the crews and try, just try to see ground level, you know, how effective our our field guys were and over time. And what we would do is we would, we would stack them into different piles. So we would have, Let's say we'd have a mat pile. We would have a mat pile and then a mat that got audited pile. And then, I mean, obviously the business unit only had, you know, so many people in it. It didn't have like 100,000, but mm-hmm. maybe let's say on uh, within one business unit, I may have had 15 crews. And so that we would just look through, take a look. Okay. So is there any changes? So when they knew that he was there versus when he didn't know he was there, all that kind of stuff. We try to just look. And audit, like I said, audit paperwork. I just say JSA as a general term. But yeah. we would look at just look at the paperwork. Okay, what's what's going on in the real field? Are they identifying the hazards? Or is it literally look like they're just literally writing it out the same thing every single day? And that's some things that we did find was that some people were just literally just, you know, pencil whipping it just every mm-hmm. single day. And it was funny because when we hit them up, they're like, Oh, well, I don't do that. And you're like, okay, but you said you had you know, these hazards and you're working out in the middle of nowhere. There's no, there's no pumping units or there's nothing else out there that can cause harm. Why'd you write down as a hazard? Because they would do what they do is they take the previous day's JSA and they would literally copy it over. That's how I was taught when I started in the field. (laughs) It's no joke. There was like a version that they, that they gave me that was already Mm pre-made and they said, here
0: you go. Like, just copy this into this book. And, and and put, put the good. new date and
1: everything on it, yep.
0: and and you're good. And every day, that's what I did when I first learned how to do a JSA. I was just copying the same JSA. That's,
1: that's uh, kind of brings me back to when I first started. That's exactly what we did. Oh, just change your name. It'd be somebody else's. That. Dude, we had it easy. When my first uh, one of my first jobs where I had to do a JSA. It was printed. We had printed JSA's. We go early in the morning, everybody would get their stuff ready. One guy was assigned to JSA and we would literally type it out. I don't know how you're going to type out a JSA and know the hazards before you even got to location. Really? And we would type it out. You would change the name, you'd change the date. And then that was it. We would just print it out. And they were just for different locations. So we had one for this customer. We had one this for this customer. And it was just, I just thought back. I mean, now I look back at it now. I'm just like, how how did we get away with that kind of stuff? Like, oh, you! and But the 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 funny thing was is when we did it, it was like well received. Like, wow, yours just printed. That's amazing. No one ever made the connection. Like, oh, wait where's your printer? Where's your computer? Did you guys print that out now? No, we printed it out like two days ago. <laughs>
0: Maybe they think you like went to the job site, scoped it out.
1: But even Maybe. then, there's hazards that that, that can arise is, in between. Yeah, and it still exists when you're not there. At whatever. That we could do a
0: whole episode on like JSA's and effectiveness and all that type of stuff. But um, so but. Oh, oh, the one thing I was going to mention when you were talking right now is I remember back in the day when I used to have paper everything. And yeah. I just remember now how lo- – because it's been a while since I have had to deal-, deal with paper. And I'm like, oh, man, thank goodness I don't have to put stacks of <laughs> one and the other. We literally have that built into our iPads where if the uh, if the supervisor is there, there's two options. It timestamps everything. Right, right. If he's there when the JSA is being developed and he helps identify hazards, it'll timestamp him as he was there and he and helped help develop. develop the JSA and then there's another one where he was there and just signed off on approved the JSA. Right. And so and we can literally just filter that stuff out on the computer. Yeah, it's nice. It's so much easier. I, I, I love I, electronics. We had stacks, stacks of boxes just
1: filled with mm-hmm.
0: JSAs from Oh, I, I know. I used to have to count how many jsAs we
1: had every month i'd be like 727 jsAs last month uh no thanks man yeah it was it was pretty bad but there's i mean there could be a lot of in- leading indicators uh, some of the ones that i've learned over the years that work really well is employee satisfaction i've learned yeah i know it's kind of a weird one but I, one thing i've learned is that when p- employees are are happy, happy? They are. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say there's a correlation, but I, what I've seen is when you have a happier crew, a crew that's more cohesive, and you, you don't tear apart, yep. they typically work safer than a comp than a group of guys that either are either disgruntled or you're you're picking in, you're picking at them all the time. Mm-hmm. Either you're taking a guy out and put a new guy in when that the group continuity isn't very safe or, or isn't very um, strong. Right? You're always taking guys. That's actually out. another metric that that you could have is crew
0: continuity. Yeah. If that's something that your business struggles with, that's something you can track that's because think crew think continuity yeah. can lead
1: to incidents. Yeah. We would, well, what we what we did is we had a management of change and MOC mm-hmm. and anytime we had an MOC, we would have, I mean, obviously we would know you would, you would look at the person, where they're going, what their skill sets are and make sure that it's a safe transition. Mm-hmm. But with that, that's how we would keep track of crew continuity. And same thing with one of the metrics we had, one of our customers, they had, a SSI, that's another one, a, a short service employee. SSE? S- well, SSE, right. SSI is something else. That's your social security. Um, <laughs> SSE. That's the tax or whatever they say yeah. for social security? Yeah, the SSE, the so- short service employee. employee. program, that's what um, And you had a percentage, right? I think yeah. it was like 15, 10 or 15%. And anytime you got higher than that, you would have to literally, you would have to write like a full page essay yeah. of what mitigations you're going to put into place or how you're going to get rid of that person you know, out of your business unit and, and, and this is the trick. And one thing that I learned as a a mid-level employee is that the MOCs are great, right? For us as safety, they're great, but they're, there's a double-edged sword because oftentimes production would use that, the MOC process to bump up these guys out of SSE status. And I've seen that where people were prematurely taken out of the SSE program Mm -hmm. and within like a couple of weeks, Incident easy, and you're like, Well, what happened? Like, well, easy, you guys pull him off the SSE list. He wasn't obviously ready, he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But, in order to maintain that in that metrics, and again, we'll talk about that here near the end is that that metric SSE yeah. percentage was used in the wrong way. And they're yeah. like, Oh, well, we're at 30 percent. Some you know. of
0: I've, I've had customers, a lot of our customers have uh, like maximums, like you cannot have more than this percentage of SSEs on our yeah, site on your site, and so we have to or maintain that or If you you have to get like like you said like approvals and submit all this stuff, and that's why we could probably do an episode on SSE programs too because if you don't have a good program backing up when you're even allowed to bump a person early. You have to have some, you better have some strong criteria in place to talk about, to do that process.
1: I think I've only, well, I mean, I've been SSE probably the entirety of my career. You're still in SSE pretty much. Yeah, I'm pretty much still in SSE, but I just remember all the different, all the different ways that they mark you. So they give you like a different hard hat. We have stickers. Stickers. One of my favorite ones was when I was working offshore and they put a giant, no joke, a giant rubber band. On your hard hat. Yeah, a giant rubber band. is like about two inches thick and it's got your your name and it has the date that you can take the, the the rubber band off. I mean, I took it off first day. I didn't care. I was like, dude, I've been in this industry for so many years. I'm like, just because I've been in your specific location, just this one. I've been on all your other offshore platforms. This one's no different. It's like probably the least hazardous platform. They're like, well, you need to wear an SSE hat. Okay. But yeah, SSE is another good, is a very good metric of how many new guys Within, I mean, it just depends on how you run your SSE. I know some places are three or six months, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, obviously I, I go for the six months every time just because, if, especially even if you've been in our industry, but you haven't been with this company, yep. working from one contractor to another, things can change dramatically. I mean, you know, as much well as I do that everybody oh, yeah. has their own proprietary processes and stuff and just getting them that that six months of exposure. So they understand, okay, these are the expectations of here not to like where you were before.
0: Yeah, that that's how we, I mean, we say like, if you're from McDonald's, you're going six months no matter what. <laughs> if you're from a competitor or like another contractor that's similar to our business, about it's a minimum months. of three months. Yeah. But no matter what, you still have to, you have to prove multiple steps. Yeah. Like knowledge and everything. One of the
1: things that I I was really interested in is some, some of the contractors that I've worked with actually have a really good SSE program. And I think that kind of brings up a good topic. Maybe we'll talk about later. Is that they actually had a, a program where if you had never been, you know, an SSE, they actually had like tests that you had to take periodically. That's what we do. Yeah. And it's on and it's on the iPad. And again, technology is so great because. Ours are our paper though. Oh, <laughs> is it? Well, maybe you shouldn't integrate that into your iPad process because all you do is, hey, send, send it to this iPad have them take a test and it registers onto the thing. And, you know, it's 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 all gravy. So, well, ours is a paper because it's like a little book. Uh, and and they have to they're yeah, required to get is, yeah. the
0: information from the mentors if they don't know the answer and they have to put the mentor's name to help them with that part of the yeah. test or whatever and you talk
1: about like identifying hazards and all that kind of stuff but it's- it also not just safety like i
0: wanted to make it different so we actually have like i think you should completely off subject but you should do job related stuff too so it says like um like identify points on the pumping unit or identify where you're going to lube because that's the first thing they learn identify like how to components,
1: whatever. Like, it's not just safety stuff. Right, right. It's a a lot more, like I said, SSSE. It's not Mm -hmm. just safety. It's just everything that you have to learn about the the company. Because, yeah, you may know how to to do those types of things, but do you know how to do it within our company? Because our process may be different, right? Because we may have had incidents, and now instead of it, uh, just going like that. We have to do like a tag out. And that's
0: like the biggest test
1: that they have to pass that
0: everyone gets nervous about is they have to complete a full lockout tagout process on a pumping unit without help from their mentor. And so I'll go out on, so I, I mean, they'll like practice with their mentor a bunch right. of times and then we go out there and we watch them that's like one of the funner ones to do because
1: hands on. Yeah, I mean, lockout tagout is probably one of the most important aspects of any of any industry. But so back um, to metrics. Was, I'm trying <laughs> to think of is there any other metrics that you? I'm sure there's other. I'm sure there's plenty of metrics that I, I of leading indicator, leading metrics, indicator right? metrics that I I'm just not thinking of right now. But I mean, you can be creative and kind of like some of the stuff you were talking about
0: earlier. You can look at like uh, I mean involvement, customer service, yeah, like involvement, involvement participation. from different levels of management. I mean, we, I, we actually look at how many times our senior manager he has a like a an amount of engagements he has to accomplish, yeah. which is different from like the next level level below mm-hmm. him and the level below them. Yeah,
1: one of the things that I have seen actually that we I, that just comes to mind right now is is participation. So there's two things that we we had participation, we had team participation, so people mm-hmm. within the safety team, and then we had we called it engagement, but whenever we had meetings, right? If you ever, have been in a meeting and you always have those people that are like kind of standing in the back, mm-hmm. it's getting those individuals, how, how to get them in, in, engage in participating. Right. Cause most people are like, you'll have the same five to 10 people, depending on the size of your group that will always volunteer. Oh, me, me, me. I want to go. I want to go. Right. And it's just, we always had a metric of trying to identify, okay, well, these are our, our main people that typically volunteer, and we want to try to get a metric of how do we get the other ones? And that's one thing that I, I do remember right now that that was a metric that we did use is participation. Uh, we would say we called it inactive participations, the people that didn't want to participate. How do we get them involved and, you know, get them up in the stage and have them interact with the whatever whatever kind of topic we were talking about?
0: Hmm. So that's a pretty cool metric. I never, yeah. I never heard
1: of one like that. Yeah, it was it was interesting because that what we would do is we would just we would single these guys out. Most of us knew who they were anyway, just because we had we had good relationships with them. But we would literally just we would have like a demonstration, or we'd have some type of um, interactive, you know, thing. And then we would literally just call on them. And that's, that was the thing is trying to get them involved. And I think them being like, Oh, well, I'm being called on, you know, it kind of, kind of forced a lot of the other people to realize that if I'm not kind of like, you know, like you're a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, you always call on the student that doesn't raise their hand. Cause you're like, Hey, you're, this is an active part. This is an active process. It's not just sitting back and waiting for you to get your donut and go sit down, you know?
0: Oh yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there's more, there's other leading indicators um, but I can't really think of any other ones
1: that I've really messed with to
0: talk about right now.
1: Um, I mean, maybe I know. Um, I mean, we I talked about it in the beginning. Is like the the miles, how many miles you drive without an accident. That's, so is that would that be considered a lagging or
0: a leading? Because you're you're waiting for that. That number would change if there was an accident, which kind of means you're waiting for an accident to affect that number, mm-hmm. which means it oh could trainings be leading trainings. How do we training? forget, forget trainings? That's not a metric. Yeah. No, I do. We have like, we have so many acronyms for training, like MTC, mandatory training compliance, OTC, overall training compliance. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even think about any of those types. Of I methods, know. I just kind of
1: thought about my right now. I go, like, oh, duh! Like, how do we to forget the obvious training, dude? Everybody has to go and get go so through through certain training or annual trainings. And God, I think that's the only problem that I have with a lot of these trainings is like, does it doesn't need to be annual. Do I need to go to this mm-hmm. class every single year? You know that kind of deal, and I'm like, man, I'm just wasting a ton of time and a ton of money. No, I completely, I completely feel you on that one. Like, what else? Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm trying to think of other things that that's really, you know, important for some of our entry level guys to to get into. But
0: I think a a good segue from this conversation into another episode is maybe some of these, um, I, I guess you can call them like programs that we're talking about tracking. Um, is it'd be a good it'd be a good episode to so like how how do we implement stop work programs? What do our compliance audit programs look like? Oh, you know one thing we didn't talk about in metrics is so we're doing all these metrics, right? Yeah. Um, what are, what is the point of that? Like, so let's say we are getting four hundred stop works and three hundred BBSs, and you're out there doing forty st- uh, compliance audits because you're a really good safety guy. Now what? Like what? Where we have
1: all this leading indicator data. Oh, so you're, you're talking about why is the data important and like, how to use the data? Yeah. Well, how are you going to use that's, the data? That's, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, question because, I mean, if you ever been in uh, with a new safety person or someone who's a little overconfident in, in their abilities, and then they use the data all wrong, you're like, wait, what is your data saying? I can't understand. You're saying that we had an uptick, but we had less people. I'm not. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that's that's actually that's a really good point. Is is how do we use those data points, you know? And uh, just depending on what what industry you work in, if you have the ability, like if you have like a like an auditing or or data collection software or mm-hmm. some type of database that you can pull data from, one of the things that I've I've always liked to do is go to three years and five years. You know, there's five years really doesn't really help too much. But you can kind of see with the change of personnel and, uh, and abilities and stuff like that, you can kind of see where, where the trends are going to be. And then also, I think as, as a entry level, I, I, that's probably one of the most important things I would say is grab the information from the previous two years and look at those metrics. Because they can help you identify when, when those incidents may happen. And I'll give you an example. Was when I was working with this one business unit, I had just started with the company. From my understanding, the guy before me was a big old safety cop and nobody liked him. So I was like, okay, well, what I, I talked to my boss, I said, well, how do I get these metrics or how do I find out what this guy was doing or or what? So he goes, okay, here, here gave me a login, all this other stuff. And it's literally just whatever you want. You can pull dates for whatever the business development. You can um you can pull out dates and areas, you can break it down by like almost even the person. And so what I did was I, I went with the business unit that I was over and said, OK, what was the last th- two years of trends look like? And, you know, we'd have it plotted on like an Excel sheet and it would say, OK, well, you know, as we got busy through the summer months, you know, the uh, incidents would typically rise, you know, and, you know, looking at plotting all the work that we had. We had an increase because this was during the good times. We had an increase in work, right? We had more man hours. So mm-hmm. I've, I figured, OK, well, if we're going to be going to uh, the summer months, and we're going to have a huge upswing. I can predict about, I think it was like nine or 10 incidents just based off of the previous history. Right. Well, what I did is I made sure I went out, I did extra audits. I did extra engagements. I made sure that we did, you know, extra tailgates. Cause used to be, you'd only do a, one, a tailgate either on the Monday or, you know, or after an incident, we would only do it like once a week. But I, what I made sure to do was I made sure to do one every single day with each one of the different like crews in the business unit. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that we just talked about it. Hey, and they didn't know. I never spoke to them. I never spoke to my boss. I, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I said, look, this is what we need to do. We need to figure out and hey, teamwork and you know all those things that they talk about in safety and how to drive those culture changes. Mm-hmm. We reduced it by 73% the amount of incidents that we were projected the to have. In two years. Yeah. So they were like, well, how did that happen? Like, well, it's easy. All we do is we... It's not easy. I mean, it it isn't easy. It does take work. (laughs) I always say it's easy because, I mean, there's a lot of things harder that I've done in my lifetime. Going out and talking to people is pretty easy. But doing the work, going out there and ensuring that we're talking and doing the field audits and making sure that they feel safe and that they feel comfortable in letting me know. I make sure that, hey, this is my phone number. Give me a call. If you have questions, give me a call. Building that relationship with the supervisor, showing them like, yeah, I'm not here just to tell you how to do your job. No, I'm here to help you do your job, but do it safely you know making that that correlation between when your guy goes out you're losing production so i'm trying to not lose your guys right and that's when when it finally came out like i said it was over a period of 3 months we reduced the amount of injuries by a lot even though we had i think an 87% increase in in man hours so it was a quite it was a huge uptick. you know we're making way more way more projects way more money but we reduced the amount of injuries we had and and the severity too i i forgot to mention that but it was just it was just really good to to be able to take those metrics that i, I used from the past two years mm-hmm. identify okay well this is when we're gonna have an uptick we're gonna have an uptick with the summer months with all these projects cool well let me make sure i do the work ahead of time to make sure that i'm preventing it down the road and if, I like it. and unfortunately again we're looking at lagging indicators but that's what i was just about at to the say. end of the day when we looked at the at the third quarter they're like wow how did we do this well it's easy just you know, and I told him this is the difference between someone who just shows up to be a safety cop and someone who's a safety professional and knows what they're doing. Exactly. And lagging indicators can
0: still be extremely useful. It's just the downside is that you already had the incidents. Yeah. And so that's why you're trying to find those same trends prior to the incidents prior occurring. An and that's why you're looking at lead, that's why you want to look at leading indicators, because you're hoping that it's going to do that. It's going to
1: find those before the lagging. And That's why it's kind of funny that you can use lagging, lagging indicators as a leading indicator. A little bit, right? Yeah. You use the two two previous years. I was going to say that.
0: So that's kind of how you would use lagging indicators. And I think the biggest way that we could use leading indicators, especially if you have multiple programs, right, is I like to look at leading indicators a little bit closer, right? Not not five or three years. That's that's too far. So, of course. Leading indicators, you want to look more real time, but you also want to look at what does the trend look like? maybe like the last quarter i always do i do a lot of six months I, yeah i do a lot of quarters in in and six months i do a lot of six month leading indicator like graphs and stuff so i can see and then so what you can look at there is break down um let's say for example your thing with with auditing right right probably in your auditing process you're going to have some way to identify what you're finding whether that so like maybe you're having right, a out tag out yeah, yeah like, they have noncompliance and log a tag out or a motor vehicle stuff or whatever it might be. Right. So you look at those categories, this is for entry level. So I'm trying to break it down real basic. Uh, so you look at those categories, right? Every month. And you say, okay, are any of them trending,
1: trending up or trending, like
0: trending and and you're having more and more noncompliance or maybe even a steady amount of noncompliance in this, uh, category or topic or whatever you call it. And what are you going to do to reduce that? Yeah. Before it becomes an incident. Before it
1: becomes an incident. And that's good. That's where when you come into a safety meeting and your boss comes and asks you, oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, hey, in my business unit, you know, I've identified, like you said, oh, a lot of noncompliance um, in in fleet uh, tires. I know that was a big one for me. No, 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 no. I'll I'll, I'll reverse that. Actually, uh, there's an incident, uh, incident where we had where we had an uptick in noncompliance with uh, trailers. Right, issues with trailer jacks and um wiring. That was like the big, the two big ones. So you know, they have the the extra little battery, so in case mm-hmm. in case it like severs, it break, it has the brake pull and all that other stuff. That was one of them. And then obviously, a lot of people didn't know this, but there's a some of these trailers have like a little oil, little oil reservoir, yep. and they need to have oil in them. And like people
0: for the axles or something, right? Is yeah, that what come
1: out? the people didn't realize that. They're like, well, I didn't know what that was for. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. So what we did. And this, I think this is a good, a good indicator of the, of that leading is when we were doing these audits, we found, I think four or five of them just like that. I mean, of course we we mitigated it then and there, but we then decided to do a training. And again, when we had our meeting, that's what we talked about as I had said, Hey, look, we found these things, you know, we actually found it in a tandem audit and me and, me and my partner said, Hey, we found this together. We said, okay, we're going to build a training so that they can be educated on on knowing how to use these trailers i mean how many of us pull trailers every day not many i know i didn't didn't know all this stuff when i first started pulling trailers no i, I definitely didn't i would just hey grab that trailer yeah, put that trailer on take there, it out there and, with you and then you then you ev- ev- have uh, evidently eventually pull out the wrong size ball put it on the wrong size trailer lo- lose it while you're driving down the road that,
0: nobody even taught me like that never happened to me wink wink <laughs> how to put the receiver on correctly Dude, the first time i saw a military hitch because we had we had a combination of like regular um what what's the other one type there's a pen like a pencil hitch Penal and then hitch, a yeah. uh, military hitch, but anyways Still, yeah, I was like, what is this? Why is there just a big ring like what am I supposed <laughs> like, to what am I supposed to do here
1: <laughs> what, what's going on yeah it's that that brings up a great point is when you're looking at these types of things and you're finding audit findings. You know, I, like, I hate to say compliance issues because I like the word adherence better. But when you're having findings and you see an uptick on them, that's good. You can talk about that with your team, and if you don't know how to mitigate it, ask them. Hey, I am seeing a, a big trend with this. How do I go about it? Do I do the training? Do I do this? Do I talk about it in you know the the morning meetings? How do I how do I get the awareness out to the people that it matters to? I mean, yeah, I I have the knowledge, but. It's not going to help me. It's not going to help me out. I'm not the one driving these things. I want to make sure that the employees who are operating these types of devices are the ones making the, the changes.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, you could even take it direct to the employees, which I've done sometimes. I've taken it to groups of employees or I've taken it to the safety meeting and been like, look, look this is found. the issue <laughs> that we cannot fix. Why, like, wh- why are we having this issue so much and how can we fix it? Like, what do we need to do? Is it something we need to, like, purchase? Do you need some type of training? Like, why does this keep coming up? Right. And that's actually worked sometimes. Yeah. Because uh, they'll come up and be like, "Hey, like this is why this issue is occurring," and usually it's we've told our supervisor this. Yeah, award. we told the supervisor, and two the supervisor didn't care about it. But yeah, so that, I kind of wanted to make sure we focused on how you could use not just the lagging indicators, but also the leading, leading indicators to hopefully help try and help prevent incidents uh, from ever
1: occurring. Okay, one thing I do I think I we should uh, warn our our listeners about is the use of metri- uh, metrics one of the things again that that quote I, I heard just the other day was from Galileo it says measure what is measurable and make measurable what is not so right in other words if you, you obviously that's what metrics are right if, if we care about it we're going to we're going to measure it how how well are we doing right when you're working out you want to see how many reps of the certain weight you're doing and all that kind of stuff, right? Same thing in safety. We want to see those numbers. What do those numbers mean? All that good stuff. But at the same time, what I want to warn people is, is metrics can be very dangerous. Metrics can be addicting. You know, we can sit there, and I can show you, man, look at all of these numbers. Look at look how well I made them rise. Mm-hmm. But in reality, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. Especially when we're talking about the lagging indicators, this is where we can get into some very serious ethical problems because some people will actually cheat, lie, steal in order to make those metrics better. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've seen it and I've worked for companies where they have done that, where we had an obvious recordable. It was obviously the company's fault. But what we did is we talked to the employee and we said, oh yeah, just tell them that it didn't happen at work and oh, we'll take care of you. You know, right? And I think that's that's where we come into that ethical issue. That eth uh, those metrics are important, yes, but we need to make sure that they're the right metrics and they're the, they're correctly applied because it's it's too easy for us to be like, oh, that's not that's non-occupational, and it completely is, right? Because at the end of the day, you and I have to answer to the big boss, and there goes why are we having so many recordables? It, I mean, we maybe we didn't do our accident investigations right. Maybe we're not you know rooting out the co- the root causes. You know, we're not doing our jobs, but it, I've seen it plenty of times where, you know, either brand new safety professionals didn't know or even, you know, intentional high level management C-suite executives are altering the numbers so that they can look good. Right. Because at the end of the day, unfortunately, metrics, they're they're just a number and they dehumanize. And if we we allow it to, we can have those things change who we are and we'll be end up doing like I said, we'll be at a, out there you know, committing, not, I don't know if it's a felony, but I know it's, I know it's illegal, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Hey, Oh yeah, that didn't happen at work. Oh, that's, that's non occupational. Like, no, it is. It's it, fraud. It's fraud. I mean, it's essentially what it comes down to is if it depends on if it gets to the insurance portion, but that's, that's essentially what happened was that the individual, you know, he, he no, no fault of his own, right. He had a workplace injury. We took all the pictures. We have all the data. I ha- literally have it, you know, at home pictures, all these pictures of this poor guy getting hurt at work. And they said, Hey, and I look, I understand we have a business to run. Hey, don't, don't say anything. Don't tell nobody, you know, we'll take care of you. I understand that. And if you go about and you take care of your employee, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. I mean, yeah, we could say it's fraud and we're we're cheating out the insurance companies. And that's a whole another question. But if we're not holding up our end of the bargain, that's not fair that he took a hit for the team. And we're just like, sucker, you know, and that's, like I said, that's essentially what happened. And I've seen it too many times where brand new brand new safety guys are making the wrong decisions because they're they're so focused on the metrics. Well, I, I don't want to have a recordable or I don't want to have this. I don't want to have, you know, the stigmas that we put on, you know, these levels of injuries or incidents. And they're like, oh, man, PLND over 5000. Oh, I can't have that. Can't have that. Oh, we'll just we'll just lie and say it was only like like 3300. You know, and it it's it's bad. But at the same time, if you're covering up those metrics, you can't make them better. Right. And I think that's that's where I kind of make sure that people listening and we'll talk maybe down the road about values and, and how to how to have a mission and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you need to have a set of values and think about how these metrics are being used. Again, is it used for good or is it used for bad? Am I trying to find out the root causes of problems and, and make my job safer? Or my workplace safer, I'm sorry. Or am I, you know, am I just suppressing the bad stuff and going, oh, look how good I'm doing. Yeah, look at all these good metrics I'm I'm doing. But those it's it's an Excel sheet. You can easily just change the data for a lot of these things. So I think it's really important that we we make that decision, you know, early on in our careers of what kind of safety profession we're gonna be. Are we gonna be a good guy or are we gonna be a bad guy? Because you know as well as I do. We we have a lot of power and a lot of a lot of sway. We can we can make people think whatever we want. Right. Most of the employees don't know how what a recordable really is or or the ins and outs and stuff like that. I'm literally dealing with a customer right now and she's actually oh, we just got approved for litigation. She's taking a huge company to court because of all this stuff, because the company, they only have one safety person. And unfortunately, that person's just, you know, you have several thousand people and she can't see them all. But essentially the company goes, we're big enough to where we can push push these people down and we can go and do all these illegal things. workers comp fraud and all these things and just saying, Oh no, they weren't, they weren't doing that or that wasn't what the issue really was and all this other kind of stuff. And now we finally found a lawyer. She, they, they said, Oh, we're going to take her case. And, and like I said, she's probably going to make a ton of money. I'm sure there's probably gonna be on the news here in the next couple of great dude. Our
0: podcast is going to get, Subpoenaed, we're gonna to have to because you just said all that stuff on that.
1: No, that's fine. They I didn't say what company it was. So no, I know. I'm just like Yeah, it's it's just it you it's I, I've seen it too many times where either brand new ones, like I said, they don't know any better. And then you have they latch onto the wrong safety professional, right? The manager and we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, is going through that five levels of training, understand mm-hmm. where everybody is because that gives oh, you Yeah, the, I'm uh, I'm on like chapter two or three of the
0: what, is finally, it, five levels of leadership or yeah, something. I
1: finally got my I finally got my my hard copy. I've been reading it out of the, my my phone for so many years. And I finally got me a, a hard copy. I was really excited I was like yay. But anyway, identifying those leaders and their qualities because I mean, it's too easy for us to find a mentor. Anybody can mentor us. But are they mentoring us to be better or are they mentoring us to sit there and and like I said, manage manage the metrics. Oh, well your metrics are low. Why is that? Right? I mean, metrics can be an indication of a lot of things, you know, let's say you have a whole crew and you're looking at your metrics and you have, you know, so many JSAs or audits or, or BBSMs or, or, or um, participation factors that they have to do and they're not meeting it. Well, wh- what does that mean? Does it mean that they're too busy or do they not believe in the process or are you a bad manager that your their the morale's low? I mean, they, those metrics can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people.
0: Yeah. I was going to say when you were explaining the lagging part, there's like a lighter version of that on the leading part that they can be dangerous and they can and metrics can even be very misleading and can, and can create a negative culture for sure. They yeah. can create a bad culture. So you need to make sure that you're looking at what kind of metrics are you asking for and uh, how is that affecting everybody, your right. team, the supervision, the field. Because we had a, a, a past company where they're asking their supervisors to do like 40 to 50 different uh, audits a month on top of their normal duties right like right that's a lot and you really think you're gonna get good data no from a supervisor they're whose gonna, job it's not even to do that yeah to do 50 a month
1: like they're gonna and i'm just just pencil whipping them yeah and, and that again metrics are great because if you look at them the right way it'll indicate what's going on yeah. oh wow a lot of these things are poor man you guys really don't care about these audits yeah because we have so much other things to do and i've i've seen it uh like like what you said Mid-level management uh, Even project managers Have to go out and do audits And they're like Dude, I I barely have enough time To get the, what I'm doing now mm-hmm. done And now you're adding more to my And of course What has always come about to Well, I'm going to do more work And it's the same pay What the heck You know And again, those metrics will show Like, okay well, Are they quality audits? No, no exactly. Well, why aren't they qualities? Because they, they don't want it? Do they not believe in it? They're, like I said Little hints that we can use To help us Or We can use it to hurt like, oh, look, they're not meeting their quota. Oh, I wonder why. Oh, they're not good at their job, right? It's easy to use those metrics in in a good or bad way. It's just making sure you use them the right way. That's the most important thing about metrics.
0: One example I wanted to give real quick before Mm -hmm. we wrap up was um, I had a a situation like this where I went to a new company, right? And one of their metrics was the supervision compared to the safety consultant that wasn't hired by the company, it was hired by the customer, Mm -hmm. compared to the customer safety reps and it would look at like how many audits they did yeah and stuff like I that right exactly what you're talking okay. about yeah and so uh i when i came in it was always like uh customer was like 95% positive or 93% positive and then uh cons- or not consultant would be like the lowest they always yep. found the most stuff they found the most 90. stuff because they had to justify their job and then but then our supervision 100% 99.5% yep, uh-huh. yep. and when i came in is. i'd be like is it really 99.5% or like, cause are you guys just not looking?
1: And I was like, I was I told them I was like, you weren't looking. It was just that they work with these people and you can't tell somebody, Hey, uh, you're going to get in trouble for these audits. I just did. And now you have to do all the things that I want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: in general, like, I mean, I, it's also, they were pencil whipping a bunch of these audits. So after we talked and we changed the way the audit form, we changed the audit form and stuff. And, Um, we made the process and the program a little bit better. Our numbers actually ended up being like right in between the two. Yeah. They would start hitting like in between the customer and the consultant or they'd be right there. It was kind of cool because our customer would go out and do these audits on our cruise and they would find like, they would have like a 95% rating. Cool. I'm good with that. And then our own team that we report these numbers to the customer were coming and find a 93% and like, like, look, we're not trying to cheat you guys. Like we're going out, we're we're doing legitimate audits. And we're actually finding more stuff than you guys are when you go out, when you go out. Yeah. And
1: so, you know, that we're not like, you know, just pencil, right. pencil whipping. Well, that's like I said, what ended up happening for the company that I worked for, we had the same thing. We had requirements for the supervisors going in there and auditing. And then what would happen is as soon as you, as soon as you got found in a write-up or in a, in a, in an audit finding, there was an automatic write-up. You'd had to go in front of the ops manager and talk to him. Who would get written up? The, the person, that, the, the audit, employee, the, the employee. Well, he would not written up. But it was pretty much like a write-up. Like it was a verbal warning, if yeah. you will. That's it, yeah. I just literally, hey, go in front of the ops manager early in the morning. It would be like a long line because I did my job very well. And I would find things, right? I, that's my job. I need to find things so that I could mitigate the trends. I told, I, I would let all my employees know, I'm sorry. I have to do this. Why? Because if I keep finding these trends, then, you know, they're going to be like, well, Joe, you know, what's going on? Well, I, I don't know. Everybody's fine. But they would have a long line. 20 30 people early in the morning at the beginning of the month and they'd all have to go in one by one and he would literally pull up all the audit records oh so you had this 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 and this and then, i mean he it wasn't like sitting them yelling at them but it's it's yeah. embarrassing and you know the supervisors didn't want to be a part of that they were just like well i don't think it's fair that i have to send my guy in front of the ops manager for something i found he's human he made a mistake no big deal i was the same way hey he's human let him go who cares you know, as long as he's not doing it over and over and over again, that's when we're gonna have a problem. But if it's today you you didn't put this little placard up, oh my God, that's such a big deal it's not right it's mm-hmm. not it's not real safety, but again, same thing is that they were pencil with him because they realized that their relationship would be well, there was a much
0: bigger consequence if they if they found. Pot- findings in that culture that you're explaining yeah right now. so
1: i mean yeah that's that's the only thing that that kind of stuff well they probably would find it and they would tell them hey fix this mm-hmm. and they just wouldn't put it into the audit yeah which in the end when we pull up the information we're like okay but what are you guys finding well i don't know so um all right but yeah that's good uh the guys we want to let you guys know that you guys can always email us at the culture of safety at gmail.com. Um, one of the big things that we're doing right now is Reddit. There's a lot of postings that we're doing. We're getting a lot of you know um, feedback out there on on Reddit for safety professionals so i I try to post you know every day or two. Um, I'm changing everything up a little bit, so I think you, if you guys start going on the safety professionals, if you guys don't have a reddit, go get a reddit. I don't do you have Three. to do you have to register? Yeah, I think
0: you have to make a, well, you have to
1: make an account. You have to make a basic just account, an email but guys go on the safety professionals. What we're doing, we're changing some things around. We're making some like motivational Monday memes. And then, um, you know, throughout the week well, I'm, I'm introducing cool little, little tidbits. So this last week I did a chocolate's fading image. And what it does is if you look at little, there's a bunch of little colors on the screen. Mm-hmm. If you look at the little dot and you have to, you have to learn how to like, just stop and don't move your eyes. And what happens is uh, those little colors end up blending into each other and into like a like a gray. And it's really interesting. And it, it kind of explains how people can get tunnel vision when you're working and we get tunnel vision and we're missing all the other hazards on our job site. And this is kind of explains that. And it's it's cool little tidbits I learned in our in class many, many years ago. Well, it's art slash psychology. So it was like I said, it was kind of cool. And I'm going to start throwing little tidbits like that, like, oh, hey, you know. Talk about, you know, all these different little psychological terms or cool, cool little like safety facts that a lot of people don't really know about. So. And our Instagram. Um, our Instagram is the popular safety guys. I'm getting a lot of feedback on that. And everybody loves the memes. And <laughs> man, I, I tell you, sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm just laughing my butt off, just making these things. I'm like, everybody's going to love this. So, yeah, guys, go ahead and give us a shout out. Like I said, if you guys like our content, grab it, take it, talk to your, your friends or other safety professionals. If you guys are in meetings with her. But hey hey, I've been listening to this cool podcast, or hey, have you seen this, you know, the popular safety guys, Instagram page, man, they got some funny memes. And like I said, you know, you can easily save the pictures and and put them on your Facebook or on your Instagram and just keep, you know, um, just boosting our content. It just kind of helps other people. My my vision is that eventually, it'll reach such an audience that people that are normally every day going to work, they're going to see these memes, and it'll kind of just kind of kind of strike a chord in their brain like oh yeah that's kind of that's kind of interesting that's a little safety little tidbit i kind of thought about and maybe they'll keep safety in their mind a little bit more often than they would if they didn't i know a lot of people use instagram and like i said some of the people in the local area have been telling me oh yeah i look at your memes every morning and i it kind of keeps reminding me like oh that's right i gotta be safe at work you know just a little reminder something small like that so yeah
0: awesome thank you everybody all right you guys have a good one late